You are listening to Press Church Podcast. Please enjoy this week's message. Amen. We are in the middle of a series that we are talking about, Let Them Hear, Let Me Hear. We're focusing on the scripture of Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1 says, Therefore we, but make it personable today when you read the Bible, therefore I must give the more earnest heed to the things that I have heard, lest I drift away. That I believe it's important as Christians that we remember, we focus on, we pay attention, we put the priority of hearing from God, hearing and reading the Word of God, being at church and hearing the Word of God preached, that we hear that, we listen to that, we make that a priority, because if we don't, then the Scripture here says that we might drift away. We're not talking about losing your salvation. What we're talking about is ending up in a spot in life that we never wanted to be or that God never designed us to go to, that you might be in a place or a position right now where you're asking the question, how did I end up here? I'm frustrated, I'm tired, I'm angry, I'm this, I'm that, and it's not what God says in his kingdom, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I'm not sleeping good at night, I hate my job, I hate my spouse, I hate my dog, that we're frustrated with where we're at. And how did we end up here? And the answer is here in the scriptures. We didn't give more earnest heed to what we were hearing, to what the Lord was saying. And because of that, we're in a place that God never wanted us to be. Jesus says, I've come to give life and more abundantly. Jeremiah says, as he's prophesying, that he's come, that Jesus, that God has come to give us a hope and a future. He's got a plan for us, and it's a good plan. It's not for death and destruction. In Jude, it talks about where he prays and he hopes that you prosper even as your soul prospers. That God wants you to have an enjoyable life. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Jesus himself, that there's going to be tribulations. Things are going to happen in this world. But though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it says what? I fear no evil. Because your rod and your staff are with me. As I'm making my journey on this earth from where I am right now until I get to heaven, God is with me. He's leading me. He's guiding me. If I'm hearing him correctly, I'm not going to drift away into the chaos of life. That word, drift away, means to carelessly pass, to miss, to let slip, to be carried away a thing that escapes me or slips my mind. That we wake up in 10, 20, 30 years and nothing has changed. I'm still dealing with the same thing. I'm still dealing with the same depression, the same insecurity, the same frustrations. No, no, no. We as Christians, it's time to move past that. It's time to move forward. It's time to be what God has called us to be. So many people, unfortunately, they get saved And then for the rest of their journey, they stay looking inward. Well, did God really forgive me? Does God really love me? Does God really care? I hope I make it to heaven. I hope I'm going to get there. I hope I'm doing enough. And we look up and we're on our deathbed and we die and go to heaven. 
That's not the plan that God has for you. What God wants you to do is get saved, look internally, say, yes, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Yes, I need a Messiah. Yes, I need that. He's healed me. He saved me. And now I'm no longer looking internally. I'm looking outwardly because he says, go and do the work that God has for you. But so many Christians get internalized and years and years and years pass by and they miss the work of the ministry that God has for them the plan that God has for them. And then somehow they get mad at God. How'd you lead me here? Just like the Israelites. Did you bring us out here to die? I'd rather go back to Egypt. It was more fun there. Slavery was more fun. Building the pyramids was more fun. Getting beaten every day and not eating was more fun. When you have manna, the presence of God as a cloud and fire following you, but we get caught up, drift away. It's important that we pay attention. And my prayer that I have for you is found in Psalms 86, 85, I was close. Psalms 85, verse 8. Hopefully you write this down and hopefully this is a prayer that you pray. I will hear, I will hear what God, the Lord, will speak. For he will speak anger He'll speak condemnation. He'll speak, I hate you. I can't believe you. He'll speak peace to his people. He'll speak peace to me and to his saints. And because of that, but let them not turn back to folly. Drift away. And last week, we started at the basics of salvation. In 1 John chapter 24, I don't know if I put up 25. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning, that gospel message, that salvation message. If what you heard from the beginning abides, resides, stay in, in the forefront of you, you also will abide in the Son and the Father. In verse 25, I don't have it up there, says, and this is the promise that he has promised you, eternal life, praise God. Let them hear salvation. And today, we're going to talk about faith. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith comes... By hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And we feel like faith is this Christian word, which it is, that we talk about in church all the time. But do you know that you operate in faith outside, even non-Christians operate in faith, in believing that something's going to happen even though they can't see it? Let me prove it to you. How many of us? Stayed up last night doing everything that we could to make sure that the sun rose this morning. If you did, we need to have a conversation after church about some things. But none of us, you might have stayed up worrying about your finances, you might have stayed up worrying about your health, you might have stayed up worrying about your relationships, you might have stayed up worrying about other things, but nobody stayed up worrying about if the sun was going to rise because you have the faith that when you go to sleep, the sun's going to rise. There's nothing I can do about it. You had the faith this morning that when you got in your car to come to church and you put the key in and you cranked it, that it was going to start. Now, you might not have had gas. You might have been praying there. You might have some issues in the car. But when I put my key in, I wasn't trying to, okay, I've got to wheel the gas toward the engine, 
out of the tank. I've got to worry about the engine block. I've got to worry about the filters and the belts. I've got to worry about the spark plugs. I've got to worry about all that. No, no, no. I had the faith. I put the key in and I cranked it and it started and I drove it. You know that you're operating in faith even right now as we speak. After worship, after you got your coffee, after you got done saying hi to your neighbor, you sat down in that chair and had no thought of, is this chair going to hold me up? You put your complete faith, and right now, right now, you are putting your complete faith and trust that that chair is going to hold you up. You're not worried about it. You're not thinking about it. Now you might be, oh my God, what what do you do to the chair? Some of you might be hovering over the chair, but no, no, no. You have complete faith in there. You have faith that when you go to your bank account, the money's going to be there. Now it's a little more, eh, I don't know, but when I go to the bank and I ask for my money, I have the faith that they're going to give me my money. You have the faith that the coffee that you're drinking isn't going to kill you. Uh, Looking right at Caleb as he took a big swig. You have the faith that when Alan made the coffee, he didn't put poison in it. You just drank it. You just fixed it and drank it. We operate in faith all the time. You want to know what the most scariest thing is to operate in faith? Is on these little two-lane roads all around Williston, Barnwell, Aiken County, that I'm going this way, and you and your car are coming this way, and I'm driving with this with my wife and my kids, that I have the faith that that little yellow line is going to keep you from crashing into me. And I see you. I see you on your phone. I see you looking down. I see the dog hanging out the window. I see the kids crying. I see the spouses fighting. And the last thing on their mind is, oh, let me drive. But I have the faith in the yellow line that you're going to stay on your side and I'm going to stay on my side. But when we bring it into the church house and we start talking about faith and believing that God is good, that God is on your side, that God forgave you of your sins, that God can heal you, that God wants to give you a better life, all of a sudden our faith level goes way down. I can't believe that. You just inherently believe that the sun is going to rise, but you can't believe that God can meet your needs and he can help you in the situation that you're dealing with. And we drift away from God. We drift away because we don't really trust and believe what he said. When we drift away from faith is when we involve God in his word. Jesus We're going to look at Matthew chapter 8, two different stories real quick. Matthew chapter 8, Jesus calls out. Matthew chapter 8, jumping in the middle of a story, he's talking to a centurion. Matthew chapter 8, verse 8, the centurion answered. He asked Jesus, will you come heal my son, or come heal my slave? He says, the centurion answered, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. Verse 9. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. I say to another, come, and he comes. And to my servants, do this, and he does that. Look at verse 10. Jesus calls him out. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, those that followed included his disciples. His disciples were always with him. Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Now, if I'm a disciple, I'm immediately taking offense to that. He's talking about me? A great faith in all of Israel. Well, I'm in Israel. I say to you, I've not found such a great. 
It says later on in Matthew chapter 8 that he also goes and heals Peter's mother-in-law. And then they get on a boat and they start traveling. And in Matthew chapter 8, verse 25 and 26, they are traveling by boat. Then the disciples came to him and awoke him, awoke Jesus in the middle of a nap. That's got to be nerve-wracking. Saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. And look at what Jesus says. But he said to them, why are you so fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the seas, and there was a great calm. He arises. He just got done, whether it was earlier in the day or a couple days after that, that he tells this centurion with his disciples around him, I have not seen such great faith in what he said. And all of a sudden, they're on a boat. They're freaking out because the water, the situation is swallowing them whole. They're sinking. They're falling apart. And they go run to Jesus. He wakes up. And the first thing he says is, O ye of little faith. In the Greek text, the word faith is pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. And here, O ye of little faith, means is, is a long word, oligo pistos, which means it's two words brought together, oligo, which means small, and then pistos, which is faith, small faith. And listen to the definition of little faith, trusting too little, lacking confidence in Christ, or incredulous. I had to look up the word incredulous. I didn't even know what that meant. So how are you going to put a, def- a word in the definition? I don't know. It means unwilling or unable to believe something. Jesus calls his disciples incredulous. That you're unwilling or you're unable to believe something. And faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And we wonder how we've gotten off course in our life is because we're operating in little to no faith. We are unable or unwilling to believe something. That we find in our lives, Lord, show me where I'm unwilling or I'm unable to believe something to help me to build my faith. Because I want to have a good life. I want to enjoy my life while I'm here on earth. I want to enjoy my relationship with God. I don't want to just keep looking internally. I want to look outwardly, see what God is doing in me, in my family, in my community, in my life. Believing in the unseen is a focal point to our Christian faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 gives us the definition of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Jesus tells Thomas, put your hands in my hands, put your hand in my side. He says, Lord, I believe you. And Jesus says, more blessed are those who don't see and believe than those who do see and believe. That our whole Christian walk is based on faith, seeing what we don't believe. You're in good company if you're saying, you know what, I, I am sometimes having trouble operating and walking in faith and believing in God. Because even his disciples, the disciples who were with him for three years, who watched him do miracles, they even had 
problems trusting and believing God. Jesus was always there. Jesus, when he tells them, oh, ye of little faith, doesn't go back to sleep. Right? If he wants to criticize and condemn and do all that, Jesus can walk on water. So he could have let the boat sink with all his disciples and then got out the boat and said, I'm starting over. Stinks for y'all. Y'all should have listened and walked away on the water. That's what he could have done. But he corrects them. He says, oh, ye of little faith. And then he gets out on the bow and he says, peace be still. And he still saves them. He still helps them. What a gracious God. Faith is the foundation of our Christian walk. Ephesians says that we are saved by grace through faith. Salvation. We started this whole thing talking about salvation. Now we're talking about faith. In Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says, Even the righteousness of God, look at this, through faith in Jesus Christ, to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. And then verse 23 is a scripture we all know that says, uh, Oh, my brain just left me. Um, I'll come back to it. He could put it up there if you find it. it uh, come on, Lord. Bring that back to my brain. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Thank you, sir. I knew that there was sin in there. <laughs> for there is no difference. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Which means there is no difference. If all have sinned, then the other side of the coin means all can get saved. Praise God. Yeah. Verse 22 says, For the righteousness of God, it's revealed through faith in Jesus for all, which means anybody and everybody has the opportunity, the equal opportunity to believe and receive Jesus. Doesn't matter how much or how little's in your bank account. Doesn't matter the color of your skin, who you voted for, where you live. Doesn't matter any of those things. Every human has the ability by faith to receive the righteousness of God. Praise God. But unfortunately, not everybody takes a hold of that reservation. Every woman on earth as a reservation in heaven. And all you have to do to claim that reservation is put faith in Jesus. But not everybody's going to claim that reservation, unfortunately. So it's available for all. But it only goes on all who have faith, who believe. Faith in Jesus. It's available for all, but not everybody's going to get it. But us, we believe in Jesus, and look, it says, on all who believe. The righteousness of God is placed on you when you put your faith in Jesus. We talk about that scripture all the time in 2 Corinthians. He who knew no sin, talking about Jesus, became sin. Why? So that we could become the righteousness of God. So there was a great exchange that happened. He took all my sin so that he could give me all his righteousness. Now, when I got saved... August 27th, 1990, the next day, I did not get in the mail a card from heaven that says, here's your salvation card. Put it in your wallet and show it to every church you go to. <laughs> Didn't happen. When I became the head pastor of this church, 
And I said yes to pastoring the church. An angel from heaven didn't come down and give me a different Bible that says this is the special Bible that only pastors get. Read this, and it'll give you all the answers, and then you tell the people. I didn't get that. Our entire religion is built on the concept of faith in Jesus. That we believe that there was a man 2,000 years ago that was all the way God, all the way man, who walked a perfect life here on this earth to show us how to be victorious on this life, who did miracles, signs, and wonders with the Holy Spirit empowering him. And then the rulers of this world killed this man. And the death was different than any other death that ever happened before because all the sins of humanity were placed on this perfect man and he willfully took them on. And then he's the one that declared it is finished. Pontius Pilate didn't do it. The Roman soldiers, the Pharisees, even his mother weren't the ones saying, it's finished, just die, just give up. No, he waited till the last second where everything was done and says, it is finished. Then he walked around this earth for another couple of days showing himself. Then he ascended on high where God made him the head above everything. And he's one day coming back for us. And we here at 2023, June 4th, have no evidence of that. There's some historical evidence of that, but Jesus was real. There's no videotape of Jesus taking all the sins of the world for us. We believe that his blood covers us washes us. We have to believe by faith. As Christians, we believe that we can correct, we can change, we can fix our journey in life. Not by something that we do, but by putting our faith in what we hear from God in the direction that he provides. In Hebrews 11 verse 7, it says, by faith, there's that word, by faith, Noah, being divinely warned, of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, I bet you he did, prepared an ark, here, don't see the ark, prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Scripture starts with faith, it ends with faith. It's always about faith. Believing that he heard from God God told him something. God revealed something to him. There was a purpose. There was a plan. There was something he needed to do to protect his household. And he didn't wait. Because at that point, there had been no rain. Because the people made fun of him. What are you doing? What do you mean building a boat? There's going to be a flood? What are you talking about? If there had been a flood before, if there had been rain in big storms like that, they wouldn't have been making fun of him. And then the sprinkles started to happen. Water started falling from the sky. And they thought, oh boy, uh-oh. If you read the scriptures, it doesn't say that Noah closed the door. It says that God closed the door and sealed it. But praise God, that rainbow in the sky says that he'll never do that again. He'll never flood the earth like that again. Praise God for that. But by faith, Noah heard... And because he heard, because he, lift, he listened, his path was forever changed. 
Noah had no plan in his life to build an ark. No plan in his life that in thousands of years from now, kids are going to be singing a song, who built the ark? Noah, Noah. They're going to sing a song after me for doing this. He had no idea the trajectory, the change from simply listening to one word from God. Protect your household. You have no idea the one word that God can give you, the one word that God can speak to you in your private time, here at church, talking with another Christian, going to a conference, talking to a pastor, talking to somebody. You have no idea that one word that can forever alter your path. Change it by simply listening and believing. Faith in God and in his plan grows by hearing, not by seeing. People think that the opposite of faith is fear. I want to present to you that the opposite of faith is seeing. Because what I see is what dictates, oh my goodness, that's what builds the fear. But it says here that we can build our faith, we can increase our faith by hearing, not by seeing. The more I hear, the more my faith goes up. The more I see, the more my faith goes down. Because I see the situation not changing. I see it not moving. God, what are you doing? Where are you at? The bank account is not increasing. The fights, they're increasing in the relationship. The frustration, the internal turmoil still going on. Because I'm seeing these things. It's not helping build my faith. But it says here in Romans 10, verse 17, faith comes by hearing what I'm listening to. And then we get the cheat code of what we should listen to. I love the Bible. Because it proposes something which is actually kind of crazy. And then it gives us the answer. If I just told you faith comes by hearing, see you all next week. I'm like, well, what am I supposed to be hearing? I don't know what to hear. But then the scripture responds with the answer, and hearing by the word of God. So if I hear the word of God in my ears, my faith increases in God. Faith in God and his plan grows by hearing, not by seeing. Faith in other things grow when we focus on hearing. Your faith is always growing, increasing, decreasing, based on what you're hearing. Sometimes your faith in God small faith because I'm unable to hear it because I'm hearing something louder that's building that side of the faith. Well, it happened to your grandmother. It happened to your mom. It happened to your sister. It's going to happen to you. And I'm hearing that and my faith is increasing in that. Well, divorce is at 50, 60, 70% right now in the nation. So why get married? Why stay in that relationship? Go find something better. My faith is increasing there because of what I'm hearing. So your path is going this way and this way and this way. And your faith is wavering. And it says in James, an unstable man, he's unstable in all his ways. You find yourself way over here and you never thought that you would be here. Maddie was telling me about somebody that, that she knows, a friend of a friend of a friend the other day. 
who while she was in college was going to a church and on fire for God and, and, and all these things. And over the last couple of years, she's gotten involved with other groups of people. She's no longer involved in church. She's no longer involved with God. And she's on a path that is completely away from where she was just five, ten years ago when she was in college, on fire for God. But she started hanging out with the wrong group of people, and they started talking louder than God was. And because of that, she's drifted away, carelessly, gone down a path that she was never supposed to go down. In 11, Hebrews 11.6, <clears throat> I'm almost done. Hebrews 11.6, it says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Without faith, it's impossible to please him, which means the opposite is true, right? <clears throat> With faith, I please God. We all want to please God, and we all feel like there's this huge way to please God. Well, if I read my Bible 57 times this week, if I pray hours and hours a day, if I pray in tongues, if I go to church, if I give all my money away, if I evangelize all the time, then maybe God would be pleased with me. If I try not to sin, if I try and be good, if I try and do all these things, and it says here, without faith it's impossible to please God, but I can please God by simply believing him. He's happy, he's pleased with me when I put my trust in him. God, I know the situation is chaos right now, but you're in control. And I'll trust you, and I'll listen to you for the next step that you have. Because I know you're the one that's going to lead me and guide me through the process. He put the Holy Spirit inside of us, and in John it says he's going to lead us and guide us into all truth. All truth. That's the only thing that the Holy Spirit can do is lead you and guide you to truth. Now, sometimes you might not like that truth. Sometimes it's not a fun truth, but if you're obedient to that truth, it'll help you, change you. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. We quote that scripture a bunch, but I like to quote the reverse of it. When I operate in faith, I'm pleasing him. He's on my side. Let me finish with this. I call it the faith cycle. The faith cycle to help you find out if you're in faith and to help build your faith. So number one, we're going to start with the heart check. You're at the doctor today. I am the doctor on call. We're going to start with a heart check. Luke chapter 6, verse 45. A good man, out of the good treasures of his heart, brings forth good. That makes sense. An evil man, out of the evil treasures of his heart, brings forth evil. That also makes sense. For out of the abundance of the heart, his or her mouth is going to speak. So you want to find out what you really believe. Let's do a heart check. Listen to your mouth. It's very easy to have a conversation with somebody and find out where their heart is. Find out what they believe. That negative Nancy that you see, sorry, I apologize. I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> a negative Nelly. Nelly, sorry, let's change it. Negative Nelly that you see at work, 
You're going to go to work tomorrow. You're going to walk in the office, and here he or she's going to come. Their head's down. They're kind of... You've got to ask, because they're standing right there, how was your weekend? It was terrible. I was sick. The pollen in the air. The sun was too bright. I burnt my food. The coffee's terrible. It's Monday. Okay. Good talking to you. Great way to start. But then there's also people that you go and talk to. And you know that there's situations happening behind the scenes. And you go talk to them. How are you doing? God is good. God's on our side. He's going to provide. He's going to show up. You find out very quickly in your own life and in other people's lives what's in your heart and what you believe. Are you operating in the faith of God? Are you operating in the faith of the world or the doctors or your job or whatever it is? You find out very quickly if you start listening to what you're saying. And unfortunately, when you get to the heart check, the very first step, you're going to find out where you stand. You might not like what you're saying, but that's okay. If we change what we're saying, we'll change the direction of our lives. Heart check. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What is in your heart will just come out of your mouth. Anybody who's operated or worked with kids... If, me, if, if, if you send your kids up there, chances are the person that's leading it up there finds out all about your life. What do you want to pray for, little Johnny? Well, I want to pray for mom and dad because they're fighting all the time. All right, calm down, Johnny. Let's not throw our whole business up. But kids, it just comes out of them. We as adults kind of build these walls and these filters, but it still creeps out. Got to do a heart check if you want to find out if you're operating in the faith of God. Number two is a mouth check. Proverbs 18, verses 20 and 21. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. You're going to be satisfied by what you're saying. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. And I say this scripture all the time. Verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it are going to eat its fruit. Mouth check. What am I saying? I hear there's something inside of me that's revealing itself. And how is it revealing itself? It's through my mouth. Now I've got to tame this tongue. And you can read in James about how hard it is to tame that thing. With God's help, I've got to bridle my tongue. I've got to stop myself from saying some of those things. I've got to say what God says. I've got to speak life. Although there's death all around me, I've got to speak life. I can't join in with everybody else. Well, I guess the economy's crashing. Yep, I guess the government's failing. Yep, I guess the banks are failing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. God's going to provide. They didn't have banks in the Old Testament, and God brought ravens with food to the prophet's mouth so he can bring it to me. God rained down manna from heaven. So if he has to do that, he'll do it for me. God will provide. If I come up to the water, he'll split the seas so I can walk through it. God will show up. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. You want to see what's in your heart? Listen to your mouth. If you don't like what's in coming out your mouth, then change it. And now let's do a hearing check. 
Your mouth will reveal what you believe and will reveal if you're on the right path or if you're drifting away. Number three, Romans 10, 17, our scripture. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How do I increase my faith? How do I change my faith in God's direction? I need to focus on what I'm hearing. Faith comes by hearing. And the cheat sheet in the Bible, in the open book test, says what you need to hear is the word of God. I've got to hear more of God than anything else. And if my heart hears my mouth talking about the goodness of God, talking about the scriptures of God, talking about the words of God, that's going to go into my ears. And that's going to increase my faith. That's going to help and why? Why is that so important? Why do I work on my heart? Why do I work on my mouth? Why do I work on my hearing? In Psalms 119.11, it says, Your word I have hidden in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against you. The faith cycle. When I put the word in my heart, I won't drift away. I won't sin against him. And when the words in my heart... It says, out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth is going to speak. And it says, the more that I speak life, the more faith is going to go in my ears, which then goes into my heart, which causes me to not sin, causes me to not drift away, causes me to stay on the right path, the faith cycle. Something that you can apply so simply in your life. You want to hear if you believe God, start listening to what you're saying. If you don't like what you're saying, Start speaking the word of God. The more you speak the word of God, the more you'll hear the word of God. The more you hear the word of God, it goes inside your heart and it helps you stay on the right path and not sin against him. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1. Therefore, we must, we must, we must. It's so important. It's so vital, especially in this time, especially in this moment. We must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard lest we drift away. Last two scriptures, John 10, 27, Jesus speaks, says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and look, they follow me. Do you think that Jesus would lead you down the wrong path? But I've got to hear his voice. I don't want to drift away. I don't want to carelessly go down the path that was never designed. But if I hear his voice, if I stay attuned to his word, if I stay true to what he's saying, it says I'll hear his voice and I won't drift away. I'll follow him. And the last scripture I have, 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. Now this is the confidence. The confidence. This is the faith. This is the assurance that we have in him. This is confident. This isn't a wishy-washy thing. This isn't I hope. This isn't a fingers crossed. This isn't a maybe. This is the confidence. This is John that's writing this. John was the one whom he said that Jesus loved the most, that he stayed right next to Jesus, that him and Jesus had this special relationship above all the other disciples. He loved him, and he knew that Jesus loved him. And this is the confidence that I have in Jesus, that if I ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And verse 15 says, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we have asked of him. I'm listening to him. He's listening to me. And because of that, he's answering my prayers and he's leading me and guiding me on a path and a journey. Remember the scripture says his thoughts are higher. His ways are higher 
which means the plans and the purpose that I think I have, God has something even better for you. And if I listen to that, he's going to take you on a journey that you've never been on before that you'll be so thankful that you didn't drift away from. Amen? Let's stand up as we get ready to go. Next week, we'll probably finish it up. We're going to talk about the Bible, the actual Word of God. We're not drifting away. We're coming back to center. We're coming back down the path and the plan that God has for us. And the more that the Christian people and the more that the Christian church stays on the path that God has for us, the more that we can revolutionize the community, the more that we can bring that gospel message because we're not worried about how did I get so far over here? I've got to figure out how to get back. No, no, no. I'm on the path of God. When I'm on the path of God, he just brings people to us to minister to, to help, to encourage, to help set their path correctly as well. Listen to what God has had. Let them hear. Let me hear in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you that you're increasing our faith today. Simply by sitting here in church today and hearing your word, our faith was increased. Father, help us this week do a faith check. Do a faith check on our lives. That we check our heart, we check our mouth, we check what we're hearing so that we can hear from you, Father. Ultimately, that is our goal, that is our purpose. The scripture says at the end of time when we stand before you, what we want to hear is well done now, good and faithful servant. Enter into the rest that you've prepared for us. But the beauty is, yes, we are workers of God. It even says in the scriptures that we're friends of God. But the beauty of this relationship is we are sons and daughters of our Father, our Abba Father. And yes, it's an honor to work for you. It's an honor to be a friend of you. But God, it's so special to be your son, so special to be your daughter, to be able to come into the most secret of places and have a conversation with you, to have access to your book that reveals truth to us, to help us. Father, in some area of all of our lives, we've drifted away from you. We've been unwilling or we've been unable to believe the truth that you have for us, Father. And I should reveal that truth to us through your Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into all truth. That yes, we might be walking through the valley of the shadow of death. We might be, like it says in Ezekiel, in the valley of dry bones. But Jesus, speak life to that situation in these people's lives. Breathe fresh life, fresh word into that situation to bring them back on course so that they can accomplish what you have for them to do. Father, restore their marriages. Father, restore their bodies. Father, restore their minds. Father, restore their finances. Father, restore what has been taken away from them in their lives and bring them back to the path and the plan. Father, it says that your word will be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. So Father, reveal your path to us so that we can hear it, we can receive it, we can speak it, and we can move on it. And ultimately, we can bring the glory to you. We can worship you for helping us in our life. That in our own personal lives, we've made a mess of it. We've screwed it up, we've messed it up, we've done all this stuff with our lives, but with your help, you've, you have corrected the path, and you've brought us where you want us to be, Father. Use us this week 
Father, I pray scripture over your people today to increase their faith. That, Father, it says in your word that they are healed by the stripes of Jesus. Father, it says in your word that their body is the temple of the Most High God. Father, it says in your word that they have the mind of Christ. Father, it says in your word that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against them, we condemn. Greater are you that's in them than anything that can come against them in the world. Father, in your word, you say that they're blessed and highly favored. In your word, it says they're the head and not the tail. Everything they put their hands to prospers. The favor of God surrounds them like a shield. Father, your word, you spoke to us and you said that we are the salt and light of the earth, a city set on a hill. It says in your word that we diffuse the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ everywhere we go. So therefore, we are an atmosphere changer. When we walk into work on Monday, when we walk into our house and our car after service, everywhere we go, we diffuse the fragrance and the knowledge of Christ everywhere we go. Now, Father, use us this week. Speak to us this week. Let the seeds that have been planted during this service flourish in our lives this week. Now, Father, bless them, protect them, cause them to prosper in everything they do, and bring them back safely next Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you. Go walk in faith this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.